So it's good to be with you uh, by way of a little bit of introduction, just so you know a little more about me. For 10 years, I was the uh, what's called the state pastor for the Church of God in, in Arizona. So uh, I've been around pastoral ministry uh, longer than most of you have been alive. Uh, so I was a pastor for many years and did that for, for 10 years. And, uh, and really also knew about one community church uh, before you were born, so to speak. Uh, when Mark and Shannon Krenz came out here to start one community church, uh, they came uh, and didn't have a, a place to live in yet. They stayed with my wife and I for about a week as they were looking for a place to stay out in this area. And, uh, and they began one community church, I believe, in 2007. Does that sound right? Uh, and I was at the first service at Santan Flats uh, on a very cold December morning uh, when One Community Church was born. And I've been here a few times through the years, uh, not for the last several years since, since uh, I've been out of the uh, state pastor role, been doing some work with Community of Hope Church in Maricopa, as Jared said. And then during the last year, uh, until late last year, I spent a year doing an interim pastor in Spokane Valley, Washington, which is cold, very cold, uh, and uh, I don't know if we have any Washingtonians here, but a beautiful area, I uh, love that year, but now we're back, and, uh, and my role now, uh, as I understand it from the Lord, is to be an encourager of the church, so I hope this morning, uh, through this message, that it's a word of encouragement to you, and that the Lord will use it uh, in that way. It's called the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope. Now, Nothing is more exciting than what we just did, to dedicate these uh, little children to the Lord. When a, when a child is born uh, into a family, uh, and I'll just go by my own experience, uh, I call it the thrill of hope. There is nothing more thrilling. I was there when, when both of my children were born, and uh, I almost passed out each time. Thankfully, my wife didn't. <laughs> uh, and when they came into the world, it was such a thrill. Uh, this new child coming into our lives that, that uh, brings so much joy and hope. And we look forward to so many uh, days ahead and years ahead and rearing them and bringing them up. And, and there's nothing quite like that experience. And uh, if you're on Facebook or anything like that, you know, when, when a child is born, the picture is there, uh, there. There's such joy and there's such hope. That, that thrill of hope. And that really should be a part uh, of our lives as a Christian. Not just moment for a moment or, or an experience that we have, but to live in the thrill of hope. And this message is going to talk a little bit about how we do that. Now we're, looking, we're going to look at uh, a couple of scriptures. One is in Matthew chapter 16. If that can be put up on the screen, Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 16. And I'm going to read a couple of verses before this. Starting with verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah. Or one of the disciples. Well, what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. 
For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, I, I bring this strip scripture to kind of set the stage for, uh, for the hope we have in Christ and the hope we have in his church. This is really kind of the, the beginning of, of the church. And Jesus asks this question of his disciples, who do you say that I am? And they are in Caesarea Philippi. Now, the reason that's important uh, is Caesarea Philippi is in the northern part of Israel. And there is, at that time, when Jesus was, was teaching the disciples, uh, uh, what's called the Temple of Pan. And, and Pan was a kind of a... Uh, an evil god at that time, but men had many followers. And, and Pan talked about there was gods in everything. There's all kinds of gods. And, and so when Jesus was teaching his disciples about what it meant to follow him, he was kind of saying to them, am I one of many gods? Or am I the one true God? Who do you say I am? And then Peter responded and said, you are the Christ, Peter, his disciples, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He affirmed Jesus as the one they were following. And then Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And the word for church there in in the Greek is called ecclesia, which simply means assembly or gathering of people. And so when Jesus first talked about the church, he wasn't talking about a place Uh, The synagogues were already in place in Jewish history and culture. He was talking about a unique people who followed the one true God, the ecclesia, the called people of God who gather in his name. So that is what we understand as the beginning of the church. Now, uh, after Jesus taught this and then he was uh, crucified for our sins on the cross and then came back, again, for a period of time until he ascended into heaven. And before he did that, he gave one last word to the church at that time. He said to his disciples, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them, and and to move the church forward forever in that way. So Jesus, uh, early on, was teaching us all as God's church to gather and then to go. And I'll explain that a little more as we, as we go along. But that was kind of the, the foundation, the launch pad of the church. And when Jesus said, go make disciples, it was a continuing tense. As you go, make disciples. And that's really the work of the church. As we go, we make disciples. So that's kind of how the church started. And in the early days of the church, uh, as you read the book of Acts, you see a man called Paul who was called by by Jesus, and, and Paul spent 30 years of his life planting churches all over the world uh, in that day, and it was an explosion of Christianity for that time. And ever since then, we're a part of that continuing thread of God's ecclesia called out people, gatherings like this all over the world every week in the name of Jesus. And what we do is bring the hope of Jesus Christ to the world, that thrill of hope that can only come through him. And we're going to look at another passage in a minute that's all about that. So um, Jesus 
came to us with this beginning of the work of God in the world. And now it continues. So that, that uh, initial thrust of the church in those days continues today. And uh, today, um, this Christmas season, one of the, the, the gifts that was given more than anything else I heard about was genealogy gifts. You know, the genealogy sites that are out today, 23andMe, um, Ancestry.com. One of the biggest Christmas gifts was, was the gift of the cost of that to people because people are very interested in, in their own genealogy, their own ancestry, their own uh, upbringing, uh, their, their, their heritage, their lineage, their, their uh, countries of origin, all of those kinds of things because there's, there's that thirst that, that comes from generation to generation. Where did I come from and where am I going? And part of that stems from all of us have a desire to, to have hope for the future. And sometimes we, we look into ourselves, as Sarah said earlier, and try to find some kind of hope that will thrust us forward. Sometimes we look into our own backgrounds. Uh, how do I find what, what that, that real root is in my life so that I can move forward in hope? But Jesus really gives us a, a, another path to hope. A hope that doesn't disappoint us. And we're going to look at one more scripture that, that really is all that, that this is founded on. And that's found in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And that's going to come, on, come up on the screen here, and I'll read it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Uh, I think of this passage as, as the hope passage in Scripture. Uh, the word hope is used 129 times in the Scriptures, in 121 different verses. It's a major theme of Scripture. The word hope is found all through the Bible. It's part of the, quote, big three that we might think of when the Apostle Paul said, but now abides faith, hope, and love big three of our Christian life. So hope is, is something everybody wants, everybody's looking for, everybody needs. We all want hope. But what the church offers is, is really a, a hope that is more than just, you know, I, I hope things turn out okay in my life. That's more like a wish. Or I, I, I hope that that this job comes through, or, or we put, put a lot of hopes in a lot of different ways, but what these verses talk about is, is a much deeper hope. And I'm just going to walk through it quickly. could spend a lot of time on it, but the first verse that, that we read in chapter 5 talks about our hope in, in Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our true hope is in our relationship with Christ in a person. It's not in how good we can be or try to be or, or, or how many things we can 
can try to make happen in our life, but it's, it's just trusting that Christ first died on the cross to save us. But he doesn't just keep us there where we start. He moves us forward all the way through life. There's a, a hymn we used to sing that said, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. You know, as this church body or any church, we have nothing to offer the world other than hope in Christ. And that's what the church is really born for and made to do. Jesus said, I'm building this kind of gathering of people, people whose hope is rooted in Christ. No one else on earth, no other agency or institution, whatever word you want to use, is doing what the church is called to do, and that's to bring the hope of Christ to the world. So our hope starts in the person of Christ. And then the second part of this passage talks about the path to hope. And and this is uh, sometimes a challenge for us to understand. That path goes through what it says here. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. In other words, the path to hope means that as we walk through our challenges of life, Uh, And there are so many in our lives that we face on a regular basis that we hold on to Christ, our big H hope, so that as we go day by day through our our trials and our difficulties, sometimes the, the disappointments of life, we hold on to our hope. Because as we hold on to Christ, as Sarah said again earlier, stay still through the times of 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 difficulty and suffering and and sometimes the disappointments or the diseases, whatever it is that is part of our path, character is produced, perseverance is produced, resilience is produced, and we keep our hope in Christ. Then that last verse, verse 5, says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We have a hope that doesn't disappoint us. So many hopes in life disappoint us. Now, if you can put up that uh, picture of uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy. Pretty familiar picture. And poor Charlie Brown, he's always trusting that that Lucy's going to hold the ball so that he can kick it. But every time, she lifts it up. And he falls flat on his back. And you know what? That's, that's often the picture of people around us. We, we've got a lot of hopes. We, we, we have a lot of dreams and desires, and, but it seems like one by one in life, what happens to people and happens to us as Christians, just when we think it's going to work out, we find ourselves flat on our back. The, the hope just kind of disappears. That's the world we live in. And it's the world that the church is called to reach. We have a hope that doesn't disappoint us. A hope that holds fast. A hope that in the midst of of, of the, the kinds of things that are so discouraging keeps moving forward. I like to think of, of this as, uh, as a sandwich, these three aspects of hope. When you have a sandwich on a bun, there's the top of the bun. 
And that's kind of the, 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 the hope we have in Christ. It's the overarching hope that, that works in our lives and, and keeps us looking upward. And then there's the, the meat that's in the middle of the sandwich, the meat and whatever else we put in it. That, that's kind of that path to hope. That's, that's our lives on a regular basis. And then the bottom of the bun, the foundation, is that hope that doesn't disappoint. So that as we live our lives, we keep our eyes upward in our hope in Christ and have that foundation below us. That's what makes a sandwich. And that's what makes a life. So to, to illustrate that a little bit, here's what, what we as a church really are all is about. We have this hope that we, we have for for, for the world, and we as individual people in the church, as we hold on to our hope in Christ, that's what we have to offer. Now, how does that work? So uh, I'm going to do just a quick visual illustration, and, and I need uh, seven people. All you got to do is stand. I'm just going to tell you some simple commands. So if I can get seven people, just come on up, please, if you would. Oh, come on, you guys. We got some extroverts here, don't we? Seven. We got three, four, five, two more. Are we good? Okay, great. Thank. Oh boy, we got a great thing here. Okay, and Jared, since you're on this side, would would you just stand over there a little ways? Okay. Now, what I'd like this group to do is just make a circle and join hands, please. Okay, thanks. Now, um, let's let's look at this circle. This is the church. This is the gathering of God's people. And these folks did what we all would do naturally when someone says, make a circle and join hands. Which way are they looking? They're looking at each other. And they're, they're making that circle. Now, this is the church. We love the church. We, love to get, we, like, we like to see familiar people every week. We like to be a part of things. We like to know each other. We like to be a part of the inner circle. That's the church right? We need that kind of strength. We need that kind of hope that we gain from each other. But if we just keep looking at each other, what happens? We miss the guy over here, poor Jared, (laughs) who has no hope. (laughs) Who's looking for hope who's hoping there's something out there beyond what he's trying to do to find answers to life. Now, there's another way to make a circle and join hands. So if you would all just turn around and look outward and join your hands. Now, what's the difference here between before? Which way are they looking? You know, if you're just looking at each other, this opens up a whole new world of sight, doesn't it? We can see the Jareds of the world. (laughs) Now, the challenge of the church has always been, how do we get from here, the, the insiders, so to speak, to to the outsiders who need the hope of Christ, who need what a church like one community church can bring? How does that happen? Well, first of all, we have to stand this way. We need the inner strength that comes from gathering together. The groups that Jared mentioned earlier, we have group life, we have community, we have the kinds of things that keep us strong. We have to have a strong inner circle. 
But the reason for that is that as we grow stronger, then we begin to see that there's people out there who, who also need what we have. And that's why God needs all kinds of churches in this world. Especially young, newer churches like you who, who don't have the security of a building or all kinds of things that, that, uh, that, that are already established. You just have the gathering. But that's what the church is. So you, as you look out, see, and the best way I know to, to reach guys like Jared <laughs> is to serve them. How can I help? Now, we talked about as you go, make disciples. We do that every day in life, and thanks for just holding steady. <laughs> as we go. Every day, the Lord's going to bring us opportunities to either do an act of kindness or say a word of encouragement as we go. And we have no idea who we're going to impact or how we're going to impact them. But here's my, my belief as, as a pastor for about 45 years. We, when I pastored through the years, it, it kind of is this thing. As you go, we won people to the Lord through relationships that we developed that tried to provide encouragement as people came into the church to, to find their hope in Christ. Not a lot through programs. Programs are great. You need them. Not a lot through events. Those we did. But the heart of the church was seeing people, looking out. How can we look out into this community? Serving them. And then when the door opens, share your life. Just share who you are. God doesn't want us to be extraordinary kind of people. He just says, share your testimony. Share your life. And somehow... God makes that work. That the Jareds of the world, there are Jareds to be reached by every church to find this hope that this circle has. Because the bottom line is this. All of us in the church, apart from Christ, are the outsiders. We're only here because God found us and loved us and gave a son to die for. That's our hope. So we're just a bunch of outsiders who found Christ and now need to see and, sh- and serve and share with those outside. Thanks so much, folks, for, for being uh, willing to do that. Now, I'll close with, with just a quick story. Uh, this last year, my wife and I uh, served as an interim pastor at a church in Spokane Valley, Washington, and, uh, and uh, this church had gone through some pretty hard times. And, and so we were there for most of the year, uh, kind of helping them to prepare for a new pastor. And uh, one of the ministries they had there was Celebrate Recovery. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Celebrate Recovery. And the way that that ministry got started in their church was about 10 years ago, uh, a, a young couple came to the door of the church on a Sunday morning. They were homeless. They were living in their car. They had kids. They had no money. They had no hope. And uh, Justin and Jolene was their name, young couple. And uh, the church responded to them and uh, just kind of took them under their wing. And somebody in the family uh, helped them financially some, helped them with a place to stay. Long story short... They found Christ there down the road a few years, uh, 
started Celebrate Recovery. They were meth addicts at the time when they came to the church, and, and now they started this ministry to reach out to the community. And uh, Celebrate Recovery uh, is a strong ministry now in that church because they were outside the circle, but somehow or another, the people inside the circle figured out they needed help, they needed hope. And you know, we don't know when we reach the one, what's going to happen. You see, sometimes when we reach the one, like in Justin and Jolene's case, they began to reach many. We don't know which ones reach many. All we can do is keep going, doing the things that bring the hope of Christ to a lost world around us and lost people who need hope. That's the heart of the church, to bring the thrill of the hope of Christ. I, I know that's been the mission of one since the beginning. And you know, all of the things that get in the middle of that, that get in the way of that, that frustrate that, because we have an enemy who wants to keep the hope of Christ out of people's lives. But we who have the hope of Christ, who love him, who love each other and believe in the work, Keep it going forward, bringing the thrill of hope to those around us. Amen. Lord, thank you for this wonderful group of people, for the joy today to to experience the dedication of children and now to see people who have come to Christ be baptized and to follow you. Lord, what a thrill that is. I pray, Lord, for for your work here and, and all that you are doing and continue to do. We look to you for our strength and help and our hope. Lord, help us to know what next step you have for for us as individuals and, and as the church moves forward. Encourage them. In your name I pray.